Elijah and the prophets of Baal, you know, presents to us a scenario that communicates a lot that we can learn from. You know, so when we see the track record of people who have served God, it helps us understand our God more and more. For me, I'm so inspired by the kind of boldness of Elijah. But James describes him in a very unique way. He said, a man of like passions as we are. That's Elijah now. He was a man of like passions as we are. But he prayed endlessly that it should not rain. <coughs> I'm sure equally, he prayed endlessly and God answered by fire. Okay, when Jezebel, you know, after slaughtering these prophets of Baal, who are the servants of a woman called Jezebel, very wicked woman. The Bible says Elijah ran for his life. When the woman said, if I catch Elijah, I will kill him. A man who killed 450 men who are prophets, evil prophets, like 450 Bolaos, Odesh eh? Bolaos, eh? those ones that do all kinds of magic, he killed all of them. Now, if the woman now that says that if I catch this man, I will eat him raw, and Elijah ran for his life. He ran, he ran. The man did not look back. Where is the same anointing that was used against the poor people? So, what I'm trying to bring out here is that if you're not careful, we, we, we push it like that's too high. I will say that no, this one is not a human being. That's why he was able to achieve other things. But I'm telling you that the same position Elijah enjoys in God's presence, you equally can take. But what's the difference? Elijah has learned to engage his office of prayer to a point where he believes that God is a God that fulfills all that has been written in the Word of God. And that was tries to remind us in the gospel. He says, I didn't come to abolish the law of the prophets. I've come to fulfill them. For, for truly I say unto you, heaven and earth will pass away. For not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. It's the revelation. We understand that the word of God is, is eternally settled in heaven. And if your faith can be exercised in the word of God, it must come to pass. It must come to pass. And based on those who understand the word of God, understanding the spiritual language, you see, when they began this context, it was about 12, 12 a.m. in the morning. 12 p.m. in the morning. Okay? That's the hour of divine visitation, hour of sanctification. It's not an hour of offering. So he told them to pray to their God that he will relax him. What was he doing? He was waiting for the hour of sacrifice. I've thought about it eight days of time. 4 p.m., 4 a.m. For those who are coming out for advanced Bible class, I can't go into details right now. And eight days of time, which is 12, 6, 3, 9, 8 p.m. or a.m., are when the supernatural invades the natural. That time, there's a gate that opens the spirit that you know, spiritual forces invade the earth system, especially positive spiritual forces. And even the negative spiritual forces too engage that energy too. 
That's when God visits with men. So he knows that by 6 p.m. in the evening, when is the hour of evening air oblation, as we had in the first wedding, that's when that gate will open. And God comes to pick his sacrifices. Because sacrifices are acts of worship. So God himself comes down to take it. And he comes down in the form of what? Fire. Elijah knew that secret technology and said, he told them, pray to your God. He, he was waiting for his own time when God will definitely come down. Not because of that sacrifice of offering, because other temples all over Israel were making sacrifice at that point in time. And God comes down himself. To take a sacrifice. So at three, uh, uh, at, uh, at three, he told them, Ah, it's like he's sleeping. Shout more. Shout, call yourselves. It's like you have to wake him up. He's deep asleep. Until when the time came, when it was nothing close to the time of our population, when you will face it and start praying, then I used to stay in Babylon and face it until that time and make prayers three times a day. He came into that moment and he asked God, There's a sacrifice for you here. Come and take it yourself. He put his head as usual under his knees and prayed endlessly. So God was meant to engage endless prayer. James said it, the effective, fervent prayer, endless prayer of a righteous man produces tremendous results. Prayer is not just going to ask God to do this. No, prayer is going to generate energy that will make things happen. As you pray, God begin to unfold to you dimensions. He will give you instructions. As you are praying, he will tell you, okay, add fasting tomorrow. Okay, spend one more, one more hour with me tomorrow. As you are doing that, you don't know you are generating energy. Oh, we have lived, by, we have lived with it for years. We have understood the sixth of prayer. We don't just go to prayer and say, ah, I pray and God will answer me. God does, God does not sit on the prayer. Especially prayer that links up to what is written in the world. There are copious testimonies in that regard. We have learned to understand that endless prayer, that the prayer that is of the heart, God does not waste time to answer it. None of us, if your prayer does not touch you, not touch God. Amen? Amen. If any prayer you're making, if it's not perfect, if that prayer doesn't consume you, you can't touch the heart of God. Of us will pray. And then after six hours, ask the person, what do you pray in the morning? Then, no, I can't pray again. No. There is no touching. God does not attend to such type of prayer because it didn't come from the heartfelt dimension. And Elijah was a man who was known to engage the heartfelt dimension of prayer. He's a man who does not pray with his mouth, he prays with his heart. There was a technology that when you are praying, your heart is producing incense. And in that incense that God is looking for, your heart becomes the altar of sacrifice. And as I pray, you are burning yourself for God. For that say, offer yourself as one living sacrifice. You offer it in the place of prayer. People of God, more than ever in our context of today, we have seen many prophets of Baal at work. We see what is happening all over the world. We see what is happening in our country. You don't just carry yourself anyhow. You have to learn to spend hours in prayer. When you come back home, take every activity. Shut down a little bit. Go and soak yourself. You don't know what you're going to meet the next day. You don't know. And you, what will keep you is the amount of the energy you are able to produce in the realms of prayer, which comes basically through your intercourse with divinity. 
Don't be overwhelmed by your sleep. Don't be overwhelmed by sort of of, of uh, weariness. Don't God don't get discouraged. You've got to build yourself up. The only weapon we have, God, listen to me. The only weapon we have against all this non non chance you are seeing brutality everywhere is fervent prayer. Fervent prayer. I say what? Fervent prayer. So any individual or family that is still parading himself anyhow, casually, you are enlisting yourself very soon to be used as specimen. But some of us, the Lord in heaven believes, no weapon fashioned against us shall prosper. We see engaged energies where we can shut down the prophets of God, no matter how they brandish themselves. They will limit the enemy can pray themselves. The only way we can to do us is prayer. I say, men ought to pray always and don't lose that. When they captured James in the early church, before he they cut off his head. And they say, wow, that's a good business. Eh? They picked their Peter and they prayed to you know, cut off his head off. So the church came together and the Bible said, prayer was made. Prayer was made. And then they appeared. God see works. It is not stuck. It's not stuck with the early church. You see happening now. Hello, hello. I don't know why up to now all our bishops cannot just say in, in a week or in, every week. All the Catholics all over Nigeria every week Friday fasting six to twelve with rosary procession and benediction because of what is happening. I don't understand. I don't understand. Can corporate prayers be made? Can corporate prayers be made? Hey, but if you don't say it, no problem. You make your own corporate prayers. As an individual, as a family, pick up a day in a week that will say, today is the day of corporate prayer. We must make endless prayer. We must read in things to stifle the operations of darkness. The Bible says, because the sentence that we given is not effectively implemented, the wicked of men is going wickedly. I only want to shut down this land is prayer. We have what it takes. Don't get intimidated. Don't go and point the fire of your altar. Hey, you know what's happening? You're afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. You think right away the answer? No. Just say this word. You have many troubles. But remember, I have what? And give them the key. So at this must we pray for courage to engage our God of prayer. To engage endless prayer. You are driving to work, endless prayer. You are coming back in the traffic, endless prayer. You are in the kitchen cooking, endless prayer. Let this sense in all the time be coming out of your heart. You don't know you are changing the atmosphere. I tell you. And as you change the atmosphere, when forces come around you, God still sends dangers. May God bless us, my heart, through Christ, our Lord. Amen.